You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schistler, also known as Blazing Bob. Hey, 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 Ja. Thanks for having me back. What's going on? And I'm also here with Josh Kender, also known as Kender. Yo, what's up? It's your boy, Skinny Penis. He's wearing an NWO shirt. I didn't notice that before. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I actually noticed it, the, the 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 music popped into my head, and I was gonna mouth it, but I'm not gonna do that right now because I'm not Bob. This is a so. vintage shirt, by the way. Uh, quick story before we start. Frank actually got me this for Christmas because he went to some thrift store out in the middle of freaking nowhere, and they had a bunch of OG WCW gear that was never sold. This is a large, by the way. Like you can't tell, this is a '96 large. But, uh, Wow. Yeah, so back it was you're OG supposed to never wear up worn. That big. Yeah. That's back when you're supposed to wear up that big. Do you have your uh jeans turned uh backwards also? Uh oh no, that was, was Chris that Cross. That was Chris Cross. Yes, 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 Bob. You're getting the nineties two crushed together here. Might have been <laughs> anyway, intentional. This, Might have been intentional. <laughs> this is uh episode number one twenty eight. We are recording on October second for release on October third. Got a couple things to talk about uh, today. Mainly, there's a there's a bit of an update on the pursuit slash visor ban. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're like I said last week, we're going to talk about how to fix Overwatch. And like I said, I'm putting quotes on that because it's <laughs> sarcasm. But, but yeah, we're going to talk about how to fix Overwatch. Uh, we're also going to hop into the colorblind options. Wild Thane, if you've been in our uh, Discord, Wild Thane, he made a video and he put together an extensive list of items that you know are affected that affect colorblind users so we're going to talk about that a little bit and why it's important and we're also going to talk about an omnic meta report that talked about how people are specializing more so in characters but before we get into all of that i'd like to welcome anybody listening for the very first time thanks a lot for checking out watchpoint radio uh for the new guys we do talk overwatch news esports and uh some competitive but the focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. So even when we do talk about those topics, it you know centers around the community and state of the game. If you enjoy the show, you want to uh, to keep up with us, just follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash watchpointradio. And we'd love to have you join us on Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. And uh, you know, join us in there for a little conversation. And as always, I want to thank any returning listeners, whether this is your first re-listen or your 127th. Thank you very much for coming back and checking out Watchpoint Radio. We're able to do this every week because we know somebody's listening. So thanks a lot, guys. Twitch is on fire this week. We got four new subscribers. and Flood, Kuabara, Wild Thane, and Data Squid. Thank you very much. Hey. Really, 
really appreciate the support. Hold up, hold up, hold and up. We got five now because I just renewed oh. mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's five. We're still on fire. Thank you very much, guys. We really do appreciate the support. And no new patrons this week, but we do have an increased pledge from Carol Amudi. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the support. It is, uh, you keep increasing your pledges, so I, I, I'm assuming you do like what you're hearing. So thank you very much uh, for your support. Really do appreciate it. No community feedback this week. And at this point, we normally go into the, like, you know, what you've been doing, the catching up with the crew side of the show. But we're going to change it up uh, for a few episodes, see how it goes. We're actually going to take that portion and put it toward the end of the show. Uh, and we're actually just going to hop right into topics. And we're going to just want to get a couple quick things out of the way before we hop into our main topics and updates. Um, Halloween Terror was announced. No shit. We knew it was coming. <laughs> but, but it is going to start on October 9th. And it will be finished on October 31st. They haven't released any skins yet per se obviously skins from year one and year two will be shown we're going to probably expect some new legendaries for year three uh more than likely when you hear this show i'm I'm expecting either wednesday or thursday they're going to start showing you know stuff off for the halloween terror so you will by the time you hear this you'll probably know more than we do right now one thing that they did show that was interesting is they had an updated they showed an updated chateau giard for um, in a video, they showed an updated Chateau Giard, and I don't know if it's going to be just a map that is updated to look spooky, or um, if it's actually going to be part of an event. Because the tweet was a little weird. It said, "How will you prepare explorers?" or something like that. I think it said, "How will you prepare explorers?" I feel like, right. yeah, I feel like it's got to be like a haunted mansion thing. They've, they, I mean, they've done this each year. Like, what was it? I could vault the second year and Hollywood the first year that they did the spooky, the spooky skin for the map. It was yeah. those two, right? Yeah, they did, but like the maps so, were they they essentially still played the same. It wasn't like a uh, yeah. Well, but it seems weird that they would do it for Chateau for the free for all map, doesn't it? You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, why? Like, it's I'm pretty sure that it will that um that map probably doesn't get a ton of play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to to take the time out to make that map spooky seems like a waste of time. I actually just pulled it up. It says there are rumor among explorers about a monolithic lair home to terrifying horrors. Heroes, how will you prepare that? And then it shows Chateau Giard. What if it's so? I, I'm thinking it's. They, I'm thinking they're mode? replacing Junkenstein's Revenge. I hope they are. I love it's Junkenstein's like a, Revenge, but it's, it's time like, for into something new, and I'm happy. Yeah, it's like a from all sides horde mode. Everybody that get in the basement sick. and hold because out like a zombies for Overwatch. Oh my god, that would be so good. That's, I'm geeking yeah, out. Perhaps <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking. Like it's gonna be. I'm not expecting anything like like we got. Like you know, we'll get in um. Uh, archives per se but like more like you know the you know, uh junkenstein's revenge is a horde mode now if you have junkenstein's revenge in chateau giard that it, it's a little different right like it's not just you standing in one place with the enemies all coming towards you yeah it's, now it's it's more right. yeah it's it's, it's, it's be a, all more kinds of traditional of different horde. strategies like the whole like you could actually have a certain character that's good at it kite 
a whole bunch of them into a bastion that they're just walking through the door. You know what I mean? It's like the different tricks you could do in different zombie games. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see. That's that's just a little speculation, but uh, that's all we have so far as of recording this. Um, additionally, and this isn't Overwatch specific, but I thought it was at least important enough to bring it up. Microsoft it has confirmed that they are going to be adding mouse and keyboard support to the Xbox. However, it it is required that the developer actually use it. Like they actually it, yeah. have to they have to actually support it. Do I think Overwatch on Xbox will have mouse and keyboard support? Not at this well, not for the next year at least. Um the Overwatch team really drags their feet when it comes to console, and I highly doubt that they would that they're gonna be an early adopter of this. Well that and they've like clearly expressed disinterest in that. Uh they don't like the idea of it too. No, that like that they that they all Jeff Kaplan also said that it's like it's worth exploring, but it's up to Microsoft. That's what Jeff Kaplan said. I say I heard they were really against it. But I, I say know, if they bring it, Bob will come. That's all I'm saying. If you want me for Xbox game nights, get on it, Microsoft. I am down for this. This is, I'm down for this in so many different ways. I am ecstatic about this. It's actually, I was getting ready to go trade in my two extra Xboxes, and I'm going to keep one just in case because I'll put it in my computer room and have it hooked up to my monitor so that I can play Xbox from the same setup that I play. You know, PC Overwatch. I'm super excited about this. I hope to God that they actually implement it. But I think Jaws right. I don't think they're going to do it anytime soon. Yeah, they. I mean, I think the thing that the Overwatch team is going to be worried about is a hardware race because there's going to be a clear difference between people who play the the mouse and keyboard and people who play with a controller. And people with a mouse and keyboard, unless they're absolute trash, will you know usually win out in those situations. Um, but the, the the truth that's that's what they're gonna think about. Like it's not gonna be fair, right? It's not gonna be fair, which I get. But let's look at the truth of the matter. Many people on console right now who are in Grandmaster and Masters and maybe even Diamond are already using third party tools to use yeah. mouse and keyboard. Well, it's already there. If yeah. they're not doing that, I know for a fact some of the big pros are using the actual controller add-ons that. Uh, you'll add on to the stick to make it super long so that you actually have more range of motion. I mean, they've been using that since... I mean, I remember the first guy that Omnic Lab had on that was a console-only top 500 was talking about getting those add-ons from Amazon. Yeah, right. exactly. So what this will do is actually level the playing field, and I really hope that they take that into consideration. And then you could have cross-platform. You could. Like, yeah, you could definitely have cross-platform Overwatch, uh, which would be pretty tremendous for, for I don't know. And would maybe it be tremendous for Xbox players? Or what? John, <laughs> like, is like, that what you want? Maybe no, really you don't. Yeah, maybe you don't combine the competitive ladders, but maybe you combine the quick play and the, uh, uh, and the, uh, Arcade, you know, you're always talking about how you want all of the arcade uh, cues. Well, you combine 
Xbox and PC, and PC you could definitely have all have of those cues and have game fast queue times. Fast queue times, cross-platform game nights. I mean, it would be neat. The problem is that if they did that, um, the Xbox would have to be... Uh, well, actually, it's, like it's not necessarily a problem, but there could be no difference in game versions, right? Uh, they'd have to revert their changes for Torb and Sim and put them in line with what's on PC. True. And so you could never again have, you know, Xbox or console-specific patches, which for players on a, on a controller, that will, could possibly diminish their experience if something big enough actually comes along. Uh, that door would be shut. However, and then uh, how do you deal the, the, with uh, how do you deal with aim assist on the Xbox when now you have the mouse and keyboard along with aim assist? That's another well, if, problem. No, you, you can you can turn it off. I mean, like you can you can detect the mouse and keyboard and have it disabled. You know, would like, that you be know, another example. thing that someone could hack? You know what I mean? Maybe, but I aim assist on a mouse. Not a good thing. Like it, it doesn't work out that great for you. Uh, usually, you know, it doesn't I, yeah, work. Yeah, I guess I've never used great. it with a mouse. Yeah, like there's a good reason not to. <laughs> okay, I guess I guess aren't to aim. Well, you, but you, I mean, like if better. you can't aim very well with the mouse, maybe it would be easier. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. Like it, it, it just it's a lot better if you just learn how to aim. Trust me. But like aim assist on a mouse and uh, keyboard, um, not necessarily the greatest. The benefit of that because there's this plus and minuses with this whole thing right but the benefit is adding diversity to competitive overwatch um i know me and kendra had a conversation on twitter about how the the xbox like you know they're doing this to kind of because well, first of all microsoft wants every game on pc to play on the xbox they they want that that's how they they want every game, xbox game to be on pc because microsoft does not care does not well. Don't give me that. It's not they don't care about Xbox hardware, but they're not married to it anymore since Phil Spencer took over. And I will say, um, it's a cool thing. I've played both Sea of Thieves and uh, and uh, State of Decay two that way, and I could literally just quit out of my game on the PC, go to on my Xbox, log in to the same saved game. It is a cool platform. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's some. Um, yeah, that it, that's what they prefer. They're, Microsoft is really prepared for the crossplay future. Like they, they have cut their losses. They know they did not win out this generation, and they're preparing for the future. They're doing great with this. But one of the implications of what they're doing is making PC esports more accessible. Um, if 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 you can get keyboard and mouse support, games like Counter Strike, games like League of Legends. Uh, even like StarCraft would be more viable on a console. And now with a co- with the console being a much lower barrier to entry, you can even the the playing field and have those players go from just being players to pros. I mean, let's be honest. If you like, I don't know anybody platinum or above that's running Overwatch at the highest settings, except Mike. Mike is running Overwatch at his high settings. <laughs> there we go. So that was a lot. But yeah, Mike's running uh, on a high setting, but like most people play on low. Actually, the Xbox version of the game has more artifacts and things for you to see. Like I didn't know in Blizzard World that there were fucking balloons all over the place until I played on the Xbox. <laughs> and in, uh, in Eichenwald, uh, I, I remember early on in the game, 
placing some metro turrets on these shutters that would move back and forth if someone sh- if if uh, someone shot them. I was hiding my symmetric turrets behind them. Then later on, when I got more competitive in the game and turned all my settings to low, I realized those shutters completely disappear. Uh, yeah. But, dude, you know what you just made me think of? If they get mouse and keyboard support for X for X for the Xbox, not just Overwatch, but you could find yourself some hidden talent that you would not have found before, like the Overwatch League specifically could find somebody who is a prime talent, but is a little bit, you know, doesn't have parents that have the means to buy them that computer to prove themselves. Like this could be huge for just finding hidden talent that's out there that we just don't know about in esports across the board. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, lowering the bar to entry, it will diversify esports. I mean, like the best example I can give you, because like if you look at esports right now, it's primarily Asian and white people, right? Um, very few like Hispanics, very few blacks, and other There's nationalities. One, there was one black man in the Overwatch League last year, Snow for Boston. <laughs> His name His was name Snow. Snow. <laughs> I swear to God, support, support, it's support. Fucking player. hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but and he's from like where is he from? Like he's from an African country, isn't he? He's got dual citizenship. I just know that because oh, I okay. I actually drafted him in the. Uh, new eight expansion team mock draft that i did with the high noon podcast guys right but yeah so when it comes to diversity in esports you know you hear somebody say oh there's lots of whites and there's lots of asians right and the immediate response i think the first conclusion that people draw is like oh racism that's that's it like it's it's fucking racist (laughs) we got a race problem that's not actually the issue (laughs) The, the, the issue in those cases is usually economic right i mean to play overwatch to a baseline PC that's going to play Overwatch okay, I mean, you're probably talking at least a thousand bucks. Maybe somebody who really looks into it can get it a little cheaper, right? But if you, when it comes to like the Xbox, you know, you pop down, I don't even think the Xbox is 400 anymore. I don't know how much the Xbox costs. I just, so, I actually just bought a new one so it would fit in my entertainment center better. So and if it's you 300 bought, bucks. Yeah. So if you bought a Xbox, plus overwatch and a great mouse and keyboard just still under $600 at that point, you know? So it's way more accessible. And like the, the best example I can give is look at fighting the fighting game community. The fighting game community is extremely diverse because of the low barrier to entry, even like, um, console based shooters that have, uh, that had, uh, competitive, uh, scenes like gears of war was very diverse. Madden is very diverse because of the low barrier to entry. Uh, I think we, we were on the podcast or Discord, uh, Discord one time, and we were talking... Well, actually, we were talking about the, the, the token black guy for Overwatch League. And I think you asked why there are no black people in Overwatch League. <laughs> and that's when, like, Andreas made a very good point that, you know, one of the reasons why soccer or football or football, depending on football. how you say it, you know, is so popular is because all you need is a ball and something to act as a goal. It's extremely that was, accessible. Dude, that was like a, a six stack conversation we just had on the fly, wasn't it? Like that wasn't yeah, it was like on the fly. We weren't, we weren't recording. Yeah, that was like a, that. Yeah, God, it's bad content wasted. 
<laughs> yeah, but, no, oh, that, that was a really good conversation. I'm remembering this as you talk about it. Yeah, because we talked we talked about the economics of actual of PC of PC gaming, like period, like PC gaming. And some people might hate when I say this. PC gaming is a privileged space. If you can play a game on a PC, that is a privileged space to be in. Okay, and this is me talk, Mister PC Master Race. Like, yes, <laughs> and I'm especially if be- you can play on a PC. <laughs> At a high level, high frame rate mm-hmm. and everything. Because there are those outliers like EQO playing over in Jerusalem uh, got like North America number one on the freaking ladder on a 30 frame per second laptop connecting to NA servers. So he had to have at least <laughs> like 120, 140 ping with whatever shitty internet he had. But there are those outliers that could do that, but I, I think this. I mean, I think this is gonna be good. Like, I yeah, really I mean, think this if, is gonna find some hidden talent that we didn't know was there. I I really want to push for this. I just hope that like Blizzard, I think when it comes to console, I just get concerned because they just drag their feet. What I think is going to happen is that another company is really gonna take advantage of that, and well, it's going to blow up, and then Blizzard will finally come around to it. But I'm not, hoping I, that Blizzard, sorry, Kidder, just real quick. I'm hoping that Blizzard, since they care so much about the Overwatch League, which we've seen, I'm hoping that they see this opportunity to find talent because with them growing the teams as fast and contenders having a team for every Overwatch team, at least, if not a ton more, I mean, like this would be a way to really find talent and get the people with the money to bring that talent in to actually find out. And I mean that could be something that could be great for the league. So hopefully they see that. Kinder, sorry. I actually did find that post that I uh, mentioned earlier from Jeff Kaplan. Uh, this is about people using mouse and keyboard on the Xbox using third-party uh, hardware. And the post is currently we cannot do anything about players using input conversion devices to use mouse and keyboard on console. However, we have put some serious research and development against this problem, and we are hoping to have a solution to 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 what we consider to be unfair circumstances. This is a priority for us, and we are trying to combat this through technology and policy. And it goes on to say, don't report him because we can't do anything about it. Right. Well, yeah, that's him talking about what's happening now. Like, it is unfair that people are buying these third-party illegal devices. When I say illegal, I mean illegal to use on the Xbox. um, To use, like, 100%. But if everybody has the same opportunity... That's a different story. He talked about the draw. I'll see if I can find it, but obviously I'm not going to find it right now because I'm hosting a goddamn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are just rattling off. I've been trying to get this one in for them 10, 15 minutes now. <laughs> I can't get dude, a word, I, word in edgewise. I do want to bring it back to something you've said before, Ja. Overwatch can't do anything. A Blizzard can't do anything mm-hmm. about people using the third-party stuff, but you were saying that Microsoft knows. Microsoft oh, yeah. could put a policy in and just brick the systems is what you've said before um they did that's what they used to do with the old xbox and i don't know what their criteria is to uh to to activate those protocols i guess essentially but any device that you plug into your xbox i mean the way this is the way it was on the xbox 360 i can only imagine that they continue to do it because it's a good practice but any device you plug into to the uh to the xbox gets logged and if it is not a like licensed registered device, they know it. 
and they can send out a sweeping ban. Like when people used to mod their Xboxes before their Xbox 360s, uh, put the mod chips in, uh, or put other devices into the Xbox 360s, even if they did not have it, even if they unchipped their Xbox or turned it off because some of those switch, uh, chips had switches on them, Microsoft would still know and still brick the device when the time came. Uh, and I can't imagine that they're not, like they don't do it now. The only thing I can think of is that maybe because the Xbox uh, population isn't as high as they want it, they don't want to go about mass banning a bunch <laughs> of people. So I mean, Nintendo's notorious for it, especially with the DS and all the mods. Like, you cannot jailbreak those things anymore like if you don't have a certain game with a certain exploit uh like there was this one game it was, it was this really piece of crap like fruit ninja knockoff game that was sold in the in the market and people were climbing over each other to get a hold of a copy of this piece of crap game because it had an exploit that made it easy to jailbreak that couldn't be patched but right. the game sold like shit and they took it off the digital market and i don't yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I don't want to get too deep into it because this is not like a Nintendo podcast or a general podcast. But there is a bug with the Tegra chipset that can be exploited to jailbreak your uh, Switch right now. <laughs> really? And it was a it was a big Ooh. deal. And I think I think Nvidia is spending a lot of money to keep it quiet because I've only seen a few things about it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you, you exploit the Tegra chipset and you can. Like you have, you I got a switch right there that I'm just about to start <laughs> researching on. <laughs> well, so hey. I don't want to get too deep into it. I'm leaving it alone. And then Shaw uh, could play Mario for free. <laughs> Did you just say Mario on this yeah. podcast? Did you just say Mario in God's house? Because Jaw says it all the <laughs> time and it drives me nuts. It's fucking Mario. Yeah, fuck Mario. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Let's move into our update for the Pursuit Visor. I mean, we talked about it in depth last week, but there was a bit of an update, more so on the Pursuit side. I just want to read what uh, what they said. So this, you know, this is on the Discord. At everyone, quick update. We are in discussions with Blizzard. These things take a take always take longer than expected. We are as anxious as you are about the decision that Blizzard ends up making here, so fingers crossed that it gets resolved soon. I know that member um, that members of the community have figured out ways to use Pursuit with OBS instead of running it along with your Overwatch. Your passion for the project is amazing. We really appreciate your time and energy. It's energizing to have a community that that rallies up so much behind a common goal. However, in the meantime, we have to stop processing and uploading of images to Pursuit servers because it is still against Blizzard's EULA. Starting now, your client will no longer upload images or pending uploads will no longer be processed to the server. At the end of the day, we just want to continue to help people improve at what they love doing. Hopefully, Blizzard will give us a chance to do this right. Thanks again for sticking around with us and uh, sticking around with us in this journey. And as soon as they make a decision, we'll let you know. So, Pursuit is basically like even if you have the OBS workaround, Pursuit will not process your data. That's what Visor.gg is doing right now. They're still using they're like you can use OBS to uh, to stream your games directly to their servers and they'll do the analysis. Now, this is ridiculous to me. Like this is actually this is a lot of overreach right now because this is just personal stats. These are personal stats we're talking about. Like it reads your screen and all this information that's available to you so you can see after the game, uh, you know, where you went right, possibly where you went wrong and improve. And they're saying that 
Blizzard has a problem with even that happening. And also Nate Manzer, uh, he had an interview and uh, long story short, he says their policy is that they don't allow any third party software uh, to run during matches. And that's why they made the decision. And I think we kind of touched on that last week where we're like, well, no shit. They don't allow, uh, you know, stuff like that during the Overwatch League matches. And maybe that's why they don't they don't want to allow it during competitive matches as well for Visor in particular. But I really don't see a problem with getting personal stats after your match is done for analysis, so you can improve. I don't I, see a problem with that. Well, go ahead, Bob. I th- I think you're I think you're right, and honestly, I think Blizzard is going to come to that conclusion. What I think Pursuit's trying to do is get ahead of the game. Trying to do a few different things, and this is just my speculation. They're turning off their servers so that there's no controversy on if they were violating anything that Blizzard has put down on them as of right now. I think they're probably in talks with Blizzard right now. I know this has gotten to Nate and answer. I know they're moving, but it is a slow process dealing with a with a fish as big as Blizzard and them their hands not talking to each other but uh what i think that pursuit also could be doing by shutting off the servers is just getting their fans the people that have used their stuff especially pro players and pro coaches and getting them to start tweeting at blizzard so if you love pursuit if you love visor like let your voice be heard. You could do it easy. It's not like writing your senator or congressman. You can do it just by jumping on Twitter and tweeting at them. Do it. Uh, and like I think that's what is going on right now. I think they are in talks, but nobody wants to say anything. And I, I've actually reached out to Zouster, and he is lips closed. So they're. They don't want to say anything that could jeopardize things, and they just want to be able to go forward in the future. And to do that, they have to play Blizzard's game at the moment. They may be under NDA with these talks too. Usually, when it comes to legal yep. stuff like this, they they do have to sign sign NDAs. Yeah. Now, one thing that Spanky Hunter on Twitter brought up uh, when in regards to last week's show, he says two reasons I think they killed Pursuit Visor. Uh, one, some smart cookie will find a way to hide cheat codes inside the app. So to remove that option, Blizz just killed it. Think about And two, think about all the data these apps are gathering. Someone could work out how MMR works and how to manipulate it, which is very yeah, true. That's a good uh, point. That second was a yeah. real good point. So the first one is the one I kind of want to talk about a little bit because I talked about it like very lightly, that there was a technical reason that they probably didn't want to have these two apps running because remember um well visor actually does use the overlay but uh pursuits you know you just don't see the overlay it just captures what you see and it it, it kind of uploads it but it's still an overlay to the game um he's right like he say he kind of the way he put it says somebody will be able to find uh, you know to hide cheat codes and put it inside the app so the best way i can kind of explain it i I think everybody will get even non-technical people is Windows XP, right? Windows XP was real. People really rode Windows XP really hard for constantly getting viruses and constantly getting infected. It's like every other month you heard about some new type of infection and people were getting viruses all the time. 
So when Windows XP first came out, it definitely had a lot of holes. But over the lifetime of Windows XP, Microsoft really hardened Windows XP and patched it up to the point that, you know, at hacker competitions, if they were trying to hack Windows XP just using Windows XP and Microsoft tools, they weren't able to do it. The big problem with Windows XP was actually Adobe products, Adobe Flash and Adobe Reader. So what would usually happen is that you go to a web page, it would activate an exploit in Adobe Flash or Adobe Reader, use the permissions from Adobe Reader and Adobe Flash to uh, access you know, your Windows installation and then put the virus on your system using like administrative credentials. That's the way many people got viruses was exploited through a third-party application. And so what Spanky Hunter is saying is true. You know, they may not necessarily have a problem with the way that Visor or Pursuit works in general, you know, especially Pursuit. But they may be worried that somebody exploits those applications and is able to get hacks working, whether they be like, uh, you know, uh, like, I don't think like wall hacks really shouldn't work, but more like aimbots, let's say, you know, they get aimbots to work or something like that uh, uh, using um, exploits with those third-party applications. Now, to Blizzard, Blizzard wouldn't be able to tell the difference. All Blizzard would, would be able to see is that Pursuit or Visor is running. That's all they can see. But if somebody was actually using hacks in there, there's nothing that they can do. So you just you know cut it off at the source. You don't allow applications like that. So I get not allowing like the overlay clients and stuff like that. What I really disagree with is stopping people from streaming their games to those servers so that they can get their analysis. I mean, even if it, even if you can figure out the MMR, like how to manipulate it, like most people won't do it. And to manipulate MMR, you still have to win games. <laughs> <laughs> you I, I still think that's have thinking to more win along games. the lines of when people started finding out that if you played like lesser played heroes and that would adjust your MMR, if you had certain actions that would, uh, it was what like season three or four, like certain things would boost your MMR gain and loss, things like that. I think that's what they're worried about happening again. I'm pretty sure they adjusted the system after those were found. But those people still had to win games. <laughs> they still had to win games and benefit from that. They still had so, to win games. They just got rewarded a little bit more for those games won. Exactly. So, like, I, I, I do get I do get what you're saying, Kendra. I do get the problem. However, compared to what you're losing, I don't – I don't like it. Pineapples. I don't like it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so um, that might have been a, a, an obscure, an obscure Kevin Hart reference. Sorry if you don't get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that's what's going on with the Pursuit and Visor. Well, at least Pursuit. Um, I haven't really heard anything from Visor. Like, like um, Bob said, uh, Zouster has been pretty quiet on it, so we are really looking forward to hearing from them on it yeah but, all i can hope is that zouster comes out on top because that guy has worked so hard to help people improve in overwatch and there's nothing i don't think he's behind anything dastardly and so i really hope things work out for him absolutely and it's kind of crushing like to have a project like that that you work on i mean he put lives everything and breathes into. it him and his roommate i mean they started the company they quit their jobs to do this and all they wanted to do they're working with wawa's boot camp all they wanted to do was help people be better at the game right yeah and like you know to have that that kind of crushed down that's a, that's a bit 
that's a bit much. I know like we are working on a pretty big project on the, on the back end ourselves. And I'm just kind of like, what if Blizzard decided to shut what we're doing down? Yeah, I'd probably I mean, lose my. I I would lose, lose my your, shit. Yeah, you'd lose I, your I shit. Would, I, <laughs> Zouster is Did, being so professional about this, but since I, I, we're not going to make any money off of this project, I would lose my absolute shit oh if it got shut down. And just <laughs> think of the amount of man hours and and coding they have put in, and just think about the interviews that we've done with Zouster and how passionate he is about it and how excited he is about it and how much he just really genuinely wants to help the community and make it better. And then for this to happen when they're at their peak, I mean, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's rough. Like so he, I, he's a champ, man. Him and his partner, they're, they're both champs because me, nah, <laughs> I would be very, very upset uh, if it was me. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and move into our topic that we didn't have time for last week, and that is how to quote unquote fix Overwatch. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up because this may sound like because we were recently over the past uh, month or two, we've talked a lot about planning gold and how the community is down there, or what the experience is like in gold, uh, maybe even in silver, and definitely like in bronze. I've watched some people stream bronze matches. I'm like, holy shit, how are you? How are you doing that? But like, it's just like. I've like you know we've talked about that and um, I think it can come off a, a, a bit negative, maybe more than a bit negative, and that wasn't necessarily the goal of talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Because I think at the end, like in those conversations that we had, we kind of also talked about things to make it better. You know, that's how we got the conversation about doing the workshops to help people get together and learn how to play together and stuff like that. We we're, we're trying to be more productive. The reason I'm bringing this topic up is because thanks to YouTube's uh, algorithms, the way YouTube algorithms work, I saw a video about why Overwatch, it's, I forget what it was called, but it was like, why it was, it was one of those why Overwatch sucks uh, videos. Right, yeah, and it was a what's wrong with Overwatch was, right now? Yeah, and it was a it was a uh, a Mercy main, and she of course is upset with how Mercy is being uh, dealt with right now because was it actually a shit. she? It was actually a she. Yeah, oh, um, interesting. So she was upset about how Mercy is being handled and how Blizzard is. I really wish people could see me, like who's listening to this, because I don't want to have to keep on saying quote unquote, but quote unquote ignoring mercy mains that's a lot of quotes you saw all those quotes right there but, but you know quote, oh quote, yeah you just mercy, uh, lived through being the most important character in overwatch for months and months and months almost the entirety of season one of yeah. the overwatch league and oh yeah they're not paying attention to mercy mains sit yeah, like the I, fuck down yeah and like, yeah, are back know. and they're back for a bit mercy will be back too. blizzard's crazy yeah, so like you know how they're ignoring Mercy mains, and this is the problem with Overwatch. Blizzard's not being responsive to the community. She's attacking their community managers and shit like that. I'm like, this is this is a little much. Like, hmm. <laughs> like you know, it's not that bad. And then just video after video after video of people and streamers and YouTubers complaining about why Overwatch is trash and why nobody's playing Overwatch and why Overwatch is a dead game you know like you know oh, like, yes, all this shit about overwatch and and the thing that i noticed because i thought that these videos were a little older because actually all throughout year two we constantly saw videos like this but every video i saw was in the last few weeks so 
you know, Overwatch is quote unquote broken. Here's how you fix Overwatch based off of what I heard them complain about. One of their biggest complaints, you know, well, one of, okay, so one of their biggest complaints was talking about how Overwatch, the Overwatch team is ignoring the community and the forums. Now, if you're talking about consoles, I would agree with you because they <laughs> ignore that shit oh, yeah. hard. They, they barely talk, they barely talk about what, the, the needs of console and that needs to be addressed, but that's not what this topic is for. But they're talking about how um, they're ignoring basically specialized posts about specific characters. Oh, Bastion's being ignored, Roadhog's being ignored, Mercy's being ignored, just because these characters are a bit more balanced and they're not, they're not as powerful as they used to be. You know, they uh, they are you, you can't main them in every single game. So first of all, I want to say about that is that Overwatch was not and still isn't a game designed for you to play the same character every single match you play for the entire match. Bob, not right now. We're going to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's not. It's not designed that way. Let me finish. I'm going to let you get into it. You can play that way. And in terms, and we're going to get into this because we're going to, like I said, we're going to talk about the Omnic meta report. You will see Games now. I'm not talking about just maining a character and playing in my. I'm talking about only playing one character in every single situation of what we call one tricking. It's not designed to do that. Okay, I think I calmed Bob down with that one. <laughs> <laughs> the game isn't designed to do that. Um, so, <laughs> if when Overwatch sees a problem and sees that a character is viable in every situation and they adjust that character, you can't be mad about them doing that. I mean, you can be mad, but you you have to understand it. Like You have to understand why they would do something like that because it is supposed to be a game about switching, you know? So if you're maining one character and your character comes out of meta, you know, all right. Either, in, either adjust and maybe pick up another character if the situation calls for it. Or enjoy losing. Like that's, that's that's your point. You can still play that character, Bob. I'm gonna let you free. Go ahead. I know you had something to say. <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, yeah. I was trying to be nice, but I didn't want to cut you off because you were on a you were on a roll, and we've had complaints about interruptions. So <laughs> I wanted to be I wanted to be calm and cool. But what I that will say that it was silent. Like the audio <laughs> listeners will have no idea that I needed to say something. The visual <laughs> viewers will have some funny faces to clip if they want to, but uh, what, like what can happen though, is you can get lucky. You can have a lucky streak where the character you're really good at is meta enough to one trick. And I will say this happened to me recently with season 11 and it was glorious because Reinhardt was amazing and they didn't necessarily nerf Ryan to take him out of the meta in season 12. He's still very much in the meta, but one tricking him is definitely not as advantageous as it was in season 11 season 11. It was like the way to go. And so so for me specifically, I had played 90 hours of Reinhardt prior to season 11 and then season 11 comes around and I've got all the actual knowing how to play ride on every different map and knowing all the nuances down. And then now 
I could just play my main. But before that, it was monkey, 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 monkey. And I was working on monkey. And so sometimes you will get lucky. But to, you know, we talked about it early on in season 12. Like, I can't play Ryan every time now. It does not make sense with other team uh, other team comps. And that's just the addition of Hammond and some changes that they've made balance-wise. And they actually made Reinhardt better but he's not better in the meta because of those changes. He's, he's actually he's some, yeah, in some yeah, aspects. He's <laughs> definitely more consistent with his ultimate now. Uh, as you've talked about, his charge is still messed up. And I actually see that a lot more now since the Reinhardt re, uh, rework than I did ever before. Like when I'd missed the charge, I felt like I missed the charge. I did, you know, I very rarely felt like that I should have gotten it. But I've definitely seen that in season twelve since, just specifically since the Reinhardt re, uh, rework change. But I think it's uh, like I think to to one trick is to lose, and it's it it it, it is kind of cool though. It, that's all I want to say is it is kind of cool mm-hmm. when you've gotten really good at a character and then that character becomes meta like meta's no business. Like yeah. for instance, our Fred shock master uh, has been lucky in this. He like grinded Hanzo and got good at Hanzo before Hanzo became meta. And then when Hanzo became meta, he just like started a new account and made grandmaster with it. And then recently doom, he got really good at doom way prior and then doom wasn't really that good but now doom's in the meta and now his other alternate account has went up to gm one tricking doom and it's just it's neat when you've trained a character prior to them becoming super meta jumping on the character once they've become super meta and practicing during that time Blizzard's going to nerf it, and so you don't really get the benef- the benefits of it. But if you've already practiced a character and they become meta enough to one trick, you can climb. For instance, my climb to Masters. Right. <laughs> like I said, like, it's the thing about it, like, I, you can't be – if you want a one trick, that is 100% your choice. Go ahead and do that. But don't be mad when Blizzard when, – when you're – and don't say – I shouldn't say don't be mad. Don't blame Blizzard – for ignoring you or be mad at blizzard because they balanced your character so that it's not you know op or viable in every situation anymore like that's that that's what's going to happen because overwatch is a game of you know switching and countering that's why you're not locked in the heroes when you play a goddamn game now the fixing part one of the second complaint that most of these videos spent most of their time on was the community the community is trash. The community is super toxic. It's really, really bad. Now, I have said that the community can be really toxic and gold, which it is. I'm not backing down from that. Gold can be a complete shit show. Gold can absolutely stop you from playing this game. If I had an account that was stuck in gold, I probably would have stopped playing Overwatch a while ago, to be perfectly Honest with you. Well, because I mean, the, honestly, John, before I started the show, you had stopped quitting. You had stopped playing Overwatch quite a bit. And you were in plat. Remember? Yeah, like, when I first yeah. started the show, you didn't have your looking for group system. You had stopped playing quite a <laughs> bit. And then when we came in, you started playing with me and Mel, started playing with more of a team. You got way back into it. And now you're diamond 
diamond promise land over here. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's, um, it, it, it definitely like gold can bring you down, but that is what I kind of want to talk about because that is a problem. That is an actual problem, but you can talk about the problem and just be like, Oh, well, Overwatch community shit. So Overwatch shit, fuck Overwatch. And I'm out, you know, you can do that as prerogative. I'll see you. Well, actually I won't see you later. Peace, you know, <laughs> whatever. But if you actually want to fix that problem, the way to fix the problem with the Overwatch community is actually the Overwatch community. Um, a big problem, a lot of people run into these issues uh, because they're playing solo. They don't have anybody to play with. LFG did help. I said when LFG came out that this is not 100% the answer, but it definitely will help. But even, so I think a lot of people are giving up on LFG because they expect to go into those groups and it just be better. But I mean, honestly, with LFG, when you go into it, especially in lower ranks, you're going to lose some games. You got to find a team that clicks together and works and works together. And if you can, then you're, you know, then you, you'd be in a much better place. But the thing that needs to happen is that the Overwatch community uh, needs to create support systems for players, especially new players, to come in and utilize to have a better experience. That means creating Discord communities, which we have. We have the Magic Buttons Discord community. You have the Cow League Discord community. You have Omnic Lab. You have these Discord communities you can get into and find uh, people you know, to play with. Uh, maybe uh, people starting up competitive leagues, not for people who are like super high level, but just for regular people. I mean, that kind of helped. That really helped out Counter Strike. To be perfectly honest with you, because uh, if you even if you were a low level Counter Strike player, you can get into Cal Open. Which, if a Cal main team or a Cal invite team that reformed came through, they just whoop your ass real quick and you move on to the next week. <laughs> but for the most part, you would get some pretty level matches uh, with some other players, but. The Overwatch community, if they want to actually help with the problem that the more um, toxic aspects of the community are uh, creating, uh, basically, like, you have to help yourself. You know, somebody's, like, got to take the lead and help build these communities up and invite people into communities. Go ahead, Kender. Uh, I'm just going to say, I think the answer to almost all of this and exactly what you're saying is very correct is inputting a guild system that is regulated by the people that run the guilds. Community self-regulation almost always works because you get people that, you know, getting guilds, they're in tight. They watch their tongue when they're held accountable for their actions. Mm -hmm. And then you get these guys that are super toxic a-holes that just nobody wants them in their damn guild. Or if they, if they are in the guild and they're just a bunch of, you know, it's a guild of trolls, that's where they belong. So they're in troll Island where everybody else is getting to know each other within these guilds, at least a passing understanding of each other, being on their best behavior with the knowledge in the back of their head that something's going to happen to them that doesn't have to go through seven levels of Blizzard if yep. they're assholes. See, the counterpoint I have for that is what kept people in line in WoW guilds is that there's not a lot of them on your server and there's not a lot of them to get the best gear and do the best things. And you want the best gear. So therefore you have to raid with the best, uh, with the best guilds. And if you don't, then you don't have the best gear. So therefore saying something stupid in the community 
could really hurt you because if you get kicked out of this guild, you have no more opportunity to get uh, to get good gear. So if you do an Overwatch League system the same, you might not have any opportunity to play with some of the people, but you could still play with them on the side. Like you don't have to be in the guild, but the guild system, you have to be in the guild to go on the raid groups. Like the leader has a lot of power there. Well, the thing I'm saying is, uh, WoW has a very, very high level of accountability. You know, you, uh, you are going to be severely punished, uh, for those same actions. Overwatch, it's a lower level of it, but it's still accountability. It's still there. If you want to be in a group of people that, are nice and cool and everything, uh, then friends you know, that you're gonna be you. nice. And if you're not, then you get kicked out. And the people that do want to play with the cool people, they're still in. You yeah, know, it, I mean, they don't have to deal with that crap. It'd be more of a shaming system. And if you had like a couple really good DPS like we do at our podcasters Discord, and like think if you weren't ever allowed to play with those really good DPS again. I hate to single them out because we have a lot of good players, but the DPS, you have to have them because they are the best mechanically skilled people, and you still have to have DPS, even though we've talked about tanks and support making more of a difference. If you don't have someone who could actually get a killing blow and actually be a DPS, then you're in deep trouble still. So I get, yeah. I, 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 I guess you could be cut off for that. But what I was saying is those DPS, if they liked you, could still play with you on the side. Whereas in World of Warcraft, you're not going on the raid if the raid leaders say you're not going. You know what I mean? You can't get in there. And so it's such a, I mean, that's why they control so well. I remember we had this mage in our, uh, in our Cataclysm Guild, and he was really good DPS, but boy, that guy just caused so much problems in the community, and he was he was a bigot, and he was a chauvinist, and he was just a total jerk. And I, me and Mel, he actually hated that he was in the raid group, but barely put up with him because of how good his DPS was, and he actually ended up getting kicked out because there's only so much you can put up with. And... That's why I think the accountability is so huge there. I think it would be less in Overwatch unless there were guild perks. I mean, it's true, but you still got to think like the core of the problem is the actual community. You know, you, you get a reward in in WoW from being in the guild and things like that. And that's the gear, the raids, the things like that. Your reward in Overwatch is not dealing with toxic freaking assholes all the time like that. That's what you're looking for. And that's the solution to the problem, I think. Which is what we found in our six stacks. I have a good idea, but I want to hear Jaws <laughs> retort to your guild uh, response. Well, I, mean, I agree with Kendra. It's something I've talked about for a long time. And it, uh, I mean, I, I'm fairly certain the new social uh, feature that Blizzard is working on that was supposed to come out in September, but apparently did not, is some type of guild or clan system. I mean, even I, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to have some type of reward system like you win this many games or you do this or you do that and you get like maybe loot boxes for your entire clan or your entire guild or whatever the fuck right um but i you like i think kinder's right like it makes it a lot easier to organize with players and put teams together that will help you climb and win 
and get SR. And even if you lose, it's not as big of a deal because, you know, you know, like, you know, well, in the beginning, obviously all teams have some issues, but if you get more used to playing with the same players over and over again, you know, when you lose a game, you know that nobody, everybody did their best. You know yep. what I'm saying? You, you didn't know lose because you're... this this DPS decided to try a Torb trick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he shouldn't have. Um, yeah, so that yeah, DPS would have had to talk it over with you guys, plead to be able to use Torb because you're that team setting. Exactly. There's more direct accountability. And that's why the community has to fix the problem. You get people to come into these communities, which the communities are generally ran better because there's direct accountability. You know, you don't want to get kicked out of a Discord server where you're able to go and find people to play with, you know, on a, on a regular basis. Like, you know, you kind of keep it cool. It's internet, you know, being anonymous on the internet, that's usually the issue. And when you just go into a, a game by yourself, anything can happen, you know, and that's part of the problem. Actually, it is something I kind of want to talk about, but this guy was a hero <laughs> in our competitive <laughs> game. I hopped into a match. On my main, well, actually, not on my main, but on my highest account, and um, and maybe if we if we have time, we'll get into it a little later. But I insta lock. Actually, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about season the main, but I, I usually insta lock Zenyatta every game on that account, right? And I just want to see what everybody else picks, and then I'll make another pick based off of that, if needed. Well, I picked, and then four other people picked DPS, and one person picked Wrecking Ball as the tank. And it's a good one to pick for all DPS. <laughs> and so at that point, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to lose this game. And one of the guys gets on the mic and he's like, I'm going to save everybody a bit of time. And he leaves the game. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, that guy's nice. a goddamn hero. <laughs> I need a hero. I'm old enough for a hero to oh, kill this God, I was like, oh, man, thank you so much. <laughs> but... <laughs> The thing is, the opposite of that happens on, on in a lot of cases where, like, he clearly did not care about his SR. Clearly did not care about his SR. But when you get a guy or a girl that's in a match and it's not going well, it's like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going to leave. And they leave. You know, that, that puts a whole damper on you. You, you know, hate the Overwatch community for what just happened. You hate Blizzard for making you lose the SR even though somebody left your team. Like, it's just a really bad experience. If you can... Uh, you know, play with people who are held more accountable, then, you know, then you have a, you know, you, that, that's, uh, that makes things better. Like, for example, when we were playing the other night and then Jay Lee left his, the, the game, we didn't leave. He got disconnected. You know, that happens to people all the time. And if that was in a game where you were solo queuing or maybe even duo queuing and somebody you weren't queuing with is the person who got disconnected, you'd probably be mad at that person. Why does he have shit internet? Maybe he needs a better yeah. computer. Why are yeah. you playing on a shit computer? That's what comes into your head. Although, but when, when Jay Lee got disconnected, everybody's like, oh, man, that sucks. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, it wasn't just, oh, that sucks. Everybody was like, all right. He's trying to come back. We know he's trying everything he possibly can to come back. We didn't have to say that, but that was what was going through everyone's head. So we were still, so we changed comps to where like we thought we could maybe win with that five comp. And we kept trying in the hopes that he would come back. And that's something that also you'd have at least one or two people of that five left over that just give up at that point and just pick something stupid or stand and spawn or 
just like throw their keyboard, walk off, you know, like you don't have that camaraderie because we've had those games where people have gotten kicked and came back and we've even went a full round without them and still won. Yep, absolutely. So I guess to, to kind of wrap up this Ooh. topic and, and well, go ahead. No, I have the actual fix. I was just waiting for you guys to get this guild system. Okay, well, what's the, go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. What's the fix, Bob? All right. So biggest problem with Overwatch and Gold and Plat is understanding of the game. And just to bring it back, like Blizzard needs tools to help people understand the game, especially in Plat and Below. Uh, these tools, they need to develop, you know, but luckily there's these companies, you know, there's visor.gg and there's pursuit. See where this is going. <laughs> they've, uh, they've developed these tools to tell people, Hey, Gigi might have alt. Hey, Reinhardt might have alt. It's, you know, these things that like you develop after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of playing the game, but maybe like maybe Blizzard should look into hiring these people or, buying the companies and getting these smart individuals on their staff to help them to educate new players of the game. Yeah, I understand it probably shouldn't be a diamond and above, but when the majority of people are in plat and lower, if everyone has it and it's in the game, it's something that could just be used as a tool to learn. So Blizzard, you already have your answer. That's how you fix. That's how you fix Overwatch. That is a beautiful dream, Bob. That is a that is beautiful. It's the truth, why, man. Truth. It's the truth, but this is why it's never going to happen. Unfortunately, if Blizzard actually, you know, was going to do stuff like that, they would have already bought several, like bought out or hired several developers of Warcraft mods. Like the if they were does, smart enough. Yeah, like I'm saying this is their opportunity to to realize what they have stumbled yeah. onto. They they have formulas that they feel work. They leave they generally leave the community to do what they do. But like I said, like if like Deadly Boss mods should have been they they should have hired him so long ago. Yeah, like, I, I I don't know a single person yeah, that plays WoW that doesn't good use point. DBM, you know, in Warcraft, right? But yet that's still a solo endeavor. Actually, not anymore. I think I think he was running into some issues where he wasn't going to have time to do it anymore, but then the community backed him on Patreon, or maybe it was like Kickstarter or something like that, and now he actually can get a second person to help him out. But that's like something like that should have been in the game well, already, but they don't do that. But they have made countless mods part of the game and part of the interface. Now, what I don't want him to do is rip Visor and Pursuit off. I want you guys to do, you know... Do the right thing. These are the guys that created this. Like, just imagine what Zouster could do if he had access to the game code. I mean, he has access to what's on the screen. Imagine what he could do with access to the game code. Blizzard, like, take light. Like, Visor is a two-man company that was built out of an apartment. Like, get these guys on your staff. If this was Valve, that would be done already. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Valve, but it's not. It's fucking Blizzard. So, uh, by the way, Mister Blue Twenty Two, thanks for the sub right there just now. Thank you, Mister uh, Blue. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. I didn't even see that. Thank you very much. All right, so let's go ahead and you know move into the uh, our next topic. And I guess just to kind of wrap up the last topic, I want to say, you know, if you're in the Overwatch community, you really enjoy playing Overwatch. 
don't be afraid to start community initiatives. If you're in a good Discord server and you're meeting people in Overwatch, invite them to those servers, you know, invite them to your communities and, you know, try to help people really, you know, get involved with the community and see that it's not all toxicity. It can be pretty great. All right. But let's move into a uh, another topic here. Colorblind options. Now, we kind of talked about colorblind options. Like, a, a not, actually, I can't even say we talked about colorblind options. We mentioned it last week because it was a part of the patch notes for the PTR. And just to remind everybody, here's what, you know, the colorblind options updates on the PTR are. Uh, well, at least what Blizzard says about them. Uh, customize how team colors are displayed in your UI, e.g. nameplates, HUD, health bar, and hero outlines with a set of different nine colorblind-friendly color colors to choose from. You can choose to colorize enemy and friendly UI separately as well. These options can be found under options video, colorblind options, all changes made will be saved and ready for you the next match you play. So, um, that's a step in the right direction. But we, actually in our community, we do have some colorblind members, more specifically Wild Fan. He is a, uh, he's in the, the Watchpoint Radio Discord. And he went through the trouble of creating a video and also listing in a document. I'm going to have both the video and the document available in the show notes. Um, listing a document of all the problems that these that you know the colorblind community still has, and it pretty much stems from the fact that. Oh, hold on a second. I just messed that up a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> it pretty much stems from the fact. That while you can change the the enemy's color and some of the HUD options, projectiles and different things are still their default colors. Like for example, when Arissa puts her shield, an enemy Arissa puts her shield out, it's still red. But what if you can't see red? Like what if you're colorblind and you know red red's a problem? <laughs> you know that's an issue. Diva defense matrix still red. You know now. I mean, being colorblind doesn't mean that these things are invisible to you. That's not what it means. And it doesn't mean that you can't see every color. However, if you can't differentiate the color of something that's in front of you with the thing that's behind it, you might as well not be able to see it. <laughs> you know? So, like, that's like, it's, it's kind of, you might as well be invisible at that point. So, imagine being Azaria and. Diva has, and you're going to ult, and Diva has her defense matrix out, but you just can't see it because you can't see red or so, or you, you, you're having, you have problems with, with seeing red. Like that is, that is extremely frustrating. That is a, that is a problem. And if you're wondering, well, I'm not colorblind. Why is it a problem for me? It may not be a problem for you directly, but it is a problem if somebody who is, is colorblind on your team is on your team. It is a team game. And if they can't make decisions or make decisions fast enough, like they can't make those split seconds decisions that they need to make because something, you know, they can't necessarily see the color of whatever effect it is. That's an issue for you at that point. So this is something that definitely needs to be addressed by the overwatch community. Um, the funny thing about it is, though, that because in, in uh, Wild Thing's video, he brings up the fact that, you know, when he's watching Overwatch League, it's great because in Overwatch League, 
everything is colored for it's colored the team color, right? You know, if uh if the Winston on the Houston Outlaws puts his shield down, it's green. If Farah shoots a rocket and it explodes, it's green. You know, every all projectiles, all effects are the color of that team, and that was made specifically so that uh you know it, it can help the viewer. But it's a huge, it will be also huge for colorblind users. Go ahead, Bob. Which is just to just to throw in the middle of your your, your red here, why that would be so huge? Like it wouldn't be a cheat on the game because right now. For us, like most things show up as red on the enemy team and vice versa for them. The reason why the Overwatch League change was so huge is because red and blue would change so frequently throughout the game. It'd be hard to you know remember what character was what. But what they might have found in this is with that changing all of the colors, you could actually help, uh, especially red, uh, red blank colorblind people that could really help them blue blank colorblind people that could really help them to distinguish one side from the other during regular competitive matches all right sorry that's what i went through it yeah you know it's overwatch can get really hectic and i gave some really static examples before like you know throwing a zarya alt into a diva defense matrix or maybe shooting arissa you think you're trying to shoot arissa but you know, the shield's down. Reinhardt's a little different because his stance is actually different when he's using his barrier. But Arissa, she's still shooting the shit out of you like when, when she puts her barrier down. So it could be a little different. But like I said, that's a real static example. But imagine, like, what if you're in a mix-up, right? Like, what if you're in a brawl and you just see shots from your diva and shots from the enemy diva or shots from your Junkrat and shots from the enemy Junkrat? How can you tell the difference between the two if... You can't if you really can't uh, differentiate the color, you know. And and even worse, like what if the color that you see red as matches the gray background of Eichenwald? Then you can't see, you can barely see the uh, the projectiles. Although I will say, talking to my cousin, he did say he could see movement in the colors that actually. The color that was blending with the other color, like say for instance, red blending with a different color where you think where you see it as the same as a colorblind person, he said he could see movement really well during that, but if something's not moving, it was almost invisible. Right. Or if it's like let's say Diva shoots her mini rockets at you, but it's like straight at you. You know, you don't see it moving across your screen. And if you can't see the outline of the color, it's probably going to be pretty difficult for you to actually uh, deal with that or, or react to that appropriately because the outlines are there for a reason. If, it, if just movement was important, they wouldn't have the outlines on by default. They put the outlines on there so you can see these things better. But go ahead, the, Bob. The, the outlines, uh, just, just to think about why they have the outlines on there, I've thought about it many times before. I think the outlines are... a a lot of the reason Overwatch put those in there, Blizzard put those in there, is because of different skins. Yes. Because different yes. skins could be a major bonus to certain maps if that red outline wasn't there. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, it it's just, like, very important. Even if you are able to register the movement, um, 
when it comes to people who aren't colorblind, there's so many different cues you get. You get the audio, you get the you get the the visual cue, and you get the you get the you get the movement, and you get the color. Right? It helps you make that decision so much faster to move left, to move right, put your shield up, to activate your barrier, something. But if you actually have to sit there for a second, for a second, and have to think, what is that? If it doesn't register immediately and doesn't become reflex, you know that that can really hurt you in a in a, in a game like this. You know, I, I I will say one one boon is that this game does capitalize so much on audio cues. Uh, you know, different voice lines for whether it's an enemy ultimate or your ultimate, and those types of voice cues help a lot. But I definitely do use many visual cues, but not as many as in other games. So I will say right. that is a boon to colorblind people, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. So like, but the thing about like, your your auditory response sometimes is can be directly tied to what you see. Like, for example, if somebody says like two words that may look similar. They may say that out of their mouth, but you, the sound plays for one. You know, you may hear something else. <laughs> like that, that's kind of like this. I wish I had uh, like so many. Go ahead. Just, just even reading the way your brain adds in certain things so that you could just skip over them visually. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe there's some cor- there's a correlation between that too. Right. Yeah. So it's it definitely puts color blind. Uh, players at a bit of a disadvantage and you don't want any of your teammates to be at a disadvantage <laughs> you know you want everybody um, on the same on the same playing field yeah I, I i will say when you put this topic in i actually called my cousin who's colorblind and uh and he's a huge gamer and i like he's never played overwatch uh he's listened to our podcast a few times but never played overwatch uh keeps thinking about getting it but he hasn't but one of the questions i asked him real quick before the show was what was the best colorblind options in any game you've ever played and he couldn't remember which game it was but he specifically remembered that the best game he ever played had colorblind options that had sliders on each color so you could slide the colors around to uh, to to get it to what you want, and I think that's what they put into Overwatch. I haven't looked at these. Have you looked at these? Is that what they are? Sliders for each color? I don't think it's. I know the the one slider is it allows you to filter. Uh, how like it allows you to change the intensity of the filter, but I'm not sure if it allows you to uh, change the intensity of the color itself. I think you just change the color. Yeah, he he thought it was Call of Duty, but he said it was great because there were five different colors. Uh, he thought one of them was magenta and different ones that they could move them so that they would all look different to to them. They were the base the baseline colors of the game. Uh what we would think as, you know, uh like CMYK, uh, you know, baseline colors that make up all the other colors, and they would be able to make those four or five colors all different to them. So that therefore every color of the game would turn out as a different color and basically emulate what we would see as far as color diversity. 
that makes right. sense. That makes sense. I mean, and Wild Thing is actually in chat right now. He says, another big source of confusion is the fact that only some effects are being recolored. So even though the enemy is blue, many of their effects are red. And even though the allies are yellow, many of the effects are still blue. Think about that while trying, think about, uh, think about trying to play like that, you know. You know, how would you also yeah, add how I would mean, that impact your reaction time and gameplay? Like, that's, you know, that's and what we're saying. Wild thing, like, it's like what we're trying really hard to have ourselves in your shoes, but to understand how you perceive color as a colorblind person is extremely hard. So, we're doing our best to understand how you see it by your words, and you're doing a really good job. You, it's this is probably one of the closest I've ever been to understanding what colorblind people see. But yeah, I mean, you should probably, we can you never probably, know. Yeah, you should probably come on to one of the community episodes so we can talk about it. Definitely. Come on, yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah, that's there you go. That's how we're going to handle that. Um, one thing that Bob <laughs> is really about to like, what I'm about to say, but in other game communities, previously, Issues like this were kind of... I wouldn't say they were definitely resolved. It's not a 100% thing. Bob knows what I'm about to say. But community tools made things like this easier to deal with, specifically modding tools, um, even if they weren't specifically designed to deal with colorblind uh, community members, right? So what was very common in arena shooters, like Quake and Unreal, um, in like a Call of Duty, you wouldn't need it. In a Counter-Strike, you wouldn't need it. But Quake and Unreal, specifically, was what I'm thinking about, are what um, are mods that were developed that let you change enemy and ally skins, basically. The color of them, specifically. The enemy and ally could pick whatever skin they want. They could be whatever color they wanted to. But you had a mod on your system that allowed you to pick a color for every enemy in the game. Like, for example, um, when I used to play Unreal... My enemy skins were bright, hot pink. <laughs> bright, hot pink. I could see those motherfuckers everywhere. Because <laughs> there was nothing oh, bright, hot stop. pink and unreal. I know why you like that. There was, a, there was no, there was nothing, because Unreal was a pretty dark game uh, for the most part, right? Yeah, for those of you who played it. <laughs> and if you saw a hint of bright pink, there he was. <laughs> There's the guy, you know. So, um, yeah, like, uh, modding tools i mean they answer lots of questions <laughs> but, but uh, yeah like well but you know. that's that's also what they have to be careful of is colorblind options that give an unfair advantage to non-colorblind people wouldn't be an unfair advantage if you have the same exact it, access it, to it yeah I, yeah i guess that's true it's just that's more like research. Saying, it's it's like the same yeah. as me having 144 hertz monitor knowing how to implement that having a gaming mouse with the correct or, sensitivity. Or more simply, yeah, like yeah. if you if you change your crosshair a certain way so that you can land shots with Arissa as people are right. moving, like that's you know that's not unfair. That's just me giving myself the tactical advantage, which you can also use if you want to. You have that option. I guess you that know? gives us as content creators a job to tell people how to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you listen to Prepare to Attack, then that'll give you a tactical advantage. Yeah, one of the best episodes released lately is the Brigitte episode. I know you guys want to know how to. Play we're gonna Brigitte. plug that at the end of the show, guys. You can hold off for a little <laughs> bit until we're ready to plug that. Okay? Any chance to plug is a chance to plug. 
Yeah. Okay. That's what I always say <laughs> when I go to the bar. Brought to you by <laughs> Yeah. So I, I would. A ringtone. Like. <laughs> I can't go over, um, I mean, I, we'd be here for a little bit if I went over every single thing that's mentioned in this document of his, uh, in terms of, because this is pretty extensive, in terms of effects for each character that are affected, that affect, you know, colorblind users. So I highly suggest you check it out so you can see exactly how in-depth it is and how big of a problem it is. And, uh, yeah, don't let up. Let, let Blizzard know what you think. And, uh... Do him a solid and follow his YouTube page. Uh, we'll link it in the show the show notes. He just needs a few more to get his custom URL. So help, so help the brother out. Absolutely, absolutely. So I do want to hop into this Omnic Meta report before we uh, start wrapping up here, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's something that we've talked about over the course of the show right and the um if you want to read the entire report we are going to put it into the show notes but you, you should you should be checking out omnicmeta.com you should be following them on twitter so you can keep up to date with what's going on right they put out a meta report that talked about hero specialization and how in season 12 more players than ever are specializing in very specific heroes so what that means and, and the way he defines it is that if you play a hero more than 50 percent of the time you're essentially maining or specializing in that hero. If you play a hero 80% of the time, that's considered like one trick, basically. It doesn't have to be 100%, but 80 to 100% of the time, uh, that is considered a one trick, and everybody else is just kind of flexing in Overwatch. Uh, question real quick. Uh, was that what Switch defined as a one trick, or is that... That is what Switch defined uh, okay, as a gotcha, one trick, gotcha. yeah. So, what I've been seeing in reports like people talking about this this report on youtube videos is that oh one tricking is the way to go that's the way to go if you want to win okay now maybe i'm looking at this the wrong way but the way i see it is that specializing in a hero means you only play them at least 50 percent of the time right which means that half the other half the other matches that you're playing you're switching off to other characters I'm guessing you're switching the, off the characters in the same role. You know, that 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 would make a lot of sense. Like, for example, every match I get into on my Diamond account, I start as Zenyatta. And then I will switch off to another off-heel depending on the enemy team's comp. Or if I'm just getting crushed, right? Like, if they have a Doomfist, a fucking Tracer, and a Genji, I'm out of there. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not using Zenyatta at that point. I don't want to get bounced around. I think yeah. you need to change the name to Zenjata. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I do play. I do play Zen a lot on that account. So I would be in that in that um that uh that that list of people who specialize in a character. But I don't. I still will switch characters based on what's going on because I I, I want to win. I don't. What I don't want is a message going out that oh yeah, you should be one tricking because that's how you're actually going to climb. Because people who specialize, I think uh, Switch says that they have a over a fifty percent win rate, you know. And uh, actually, I have a sixty five percent win rate on my diamond account right now. That's that's my win rate. So it is true, and that makes total sense because you're playing a character a lot, right? You're playing one character a lot. You're getting much better at the, at the character. You're figuring out what their weaknesses are, and more importantly, how to deal with those weaknesses. You're not just switching off as soon as you get 
plugged by the first Tracer or the first Genji. You kind of figure out how to deal with that uh, if you can. But if the situation calls for it, you know, you will you will make the switch. That makes a lot of sense. What doesn't make a lot of sense is one-tricking. You know, if you are playing uh, Zenyatta, let's just say Zenyatta, and I was one-tricking Zenyatta, and I'm getting knocked around, I'm getting sprayed by Tracer, I'm getting Genji'd all over the place, you're, 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 you're useless. You know, like, that, that, that does not help you. It makes way more sense for you, yes, yes, specialize in a character, that's fine, but you still need to have your hero pool expanded. You need to be able to move into other heroes, and I would highly suggest you move into other he- heroes inside your role. You don't want to be that person that... Explain the role real quick. Oh, like, so if you are, like, for example, for Zenyatta, right? I'm not going to switch from Zenyatta to Reaper, right? I probably wouldn't even switch from Zenyatta to an Anna unless we, we really needed it. I would switch from Zenyatta to a Brig or to a Lucio. I hope not Lucio. I'm terrible at Lucio. But <laughs> He's like, so you know, good right now. He's so good. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm actually going to start playing Lucio on my low account to practice. Because my I was able to play I did have to play Anna uh recently on my diamond account. It worked out great. So thanks, Gold. <laughs> yeah, dude, you play uh you play uh Luce, like there's so many Reinhardts left like Reinhardt maids that are still just Reinhardt only. After season eleven, you can empower those rides with Lucio. And if you have a brig with you too, you can really empower that ride. Just tell them to keep hitting W. Right, yeah. So yeah, like that. That's what we mean. Like, stay inside your role. Like, if you're an off tank, you switch to another off tank. If you're main tank, switch to another main tank. Uh, you know, but don't go from being a main tank to Hanzo. <laughs> you know, that's it's not, not going to work out for do. you. Yeah, it's not, not going to work, work out for you. For you. Um, yeah, unless you could actually talk, you know, who was playing DPS before into playing main tank communication. At ma- yeah. Like, maybe it'll work at that point, but really, going DPS is most of the time not the answer, especially in the lower ranks. Right. So, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not saying that this meta report is wrong or is giving them wrong information. I think the way the information is being interpreted is a bit off uh, and not from Switch either. Uh, I'm talking about from, you know, some of the YouTubers I've seen, some of the articles I've seen posted, one tricking. Is not the way to go. Like it is not the way to go. Specializing, yes, I do suggest that you pick a character and you get really fucking good with that character because that will help you climb. I played Zenyatta in season eleven from twenty five hundred almost to like twenty nine fifty, and Zenyatta was in the meta more so in in season eleven. Right? Actually, I was talking to uh, there was a Masters player on his Smurf, which, so, so, so he says he's a Masters player, but fine, fuck it, I'll believe you. You're a Masters player on your Smurf and Diamond. Whatever. And he was like, man, <laughs> I really Masters applaud Mercy. Yeah, he was, he was like, oh, man, I really applaud you for playing Zen because he says Zen is my main, and I don't even play him anymore. You know, we had that conversation. I said, well, if I was a Masters, I probably wouldn't be playing Zen right now either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lots of the Zens, like, lots of the, like, really good Zens is, Especially even the ones in the Overwatch League of the World Cup, they've all been playing. Uh, they've all been playing Anna, like Jonak, uh, uh, Rockus for US. A bunch of them have all been switching over to Anna. 
Yeah. Actually, I'm looking Which at Which is the, weird the top- because that's a main heel as opposed to an off heel like it was before. Right. And then the main heel, Mercy, is a bit switching back to Lucio, which is just very weird. It's probably all I about think- aim requirement. Aim requirement, but the thing about Zenyatta, the thing that Zenyatta and Anna, I think, really have it's in a good common is that you have to know how to survive with both of them. You know, they don't, they're both very immobile characters, right? They, they don't have high mobility. So when a Genji comes sniffing around or a Tracer comes sniffing around, uh, you kind of have to have, a, you have kind of need to be able to survive those encounters. Um, but I'm looking at the, the uh, Switch Fox list of the top 10 hero mains for PC. And Zenyatta, we still in there, baby. We still in there. <laughs> we still in there. For uh, for Platinum, he's ninth. For Diamond, he's ninth. For Masters, he's eighth. And for uh, Grandmaster, he's seventh. So we in there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know. Even it, like you know, well, Bob but, has a shirt on right now. I need you to turn around, Bob. Turn around for the people. See, see? turn right, around for the that. stream. Yeah, see that that is the mantra. The meta is not gospel, right? The meta is helpful. The meta is helpful. So even if your character is out of meta, if you can play them really well, it still may be helpful. Damn it. Go ahead. Never mind. He just said my point that I was trying to. Oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, that's why you're still seeing a lot of the Rhines. People that, like, really got good at playing these characters are still playing them, and they're going to still play them. And that doesn't mean you can't win. It does not mean you can't win. Everybody, guys. I play Ryan Monkey in Masters at High Diamond, and it we 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 win. So no, you don't always have to play meta. You can play two main tags. If you're better at a character, it does end up working out to your favor. But it does. One tricking still isn't the best way i don't think no it's not because the reason i suggest specializing in a role is because you know specializing a character you really get to understand that character and the concept of that character but if you specialize in a role right it gives you a much broader understanding and you can adjust to more situations like what if you needed to get into the back line you know and you're only good at ryan well and you can't play Winston. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the problem, but go ahead. Well, and this is something we talked about when uh, Crash Tag last guested on the episode uh, when we were talking about uh, one one tricking and like changing within your role. And that's when I was trying to drum it home it, that you know the nuances of that role. Yeah, the character's different, but the nuances are very similar, making it easy to make that quick change. Whereas changing from Reinhardt to Genji, that is a completely a whole new world. Yeah, it's just a completely <laughs> different thing than changing from Reinhardt to Monkey. Reinhardt and Monkey, very different, but you're still basically trying to get up there, create space mess up the uh front line and the back and the back line and just create area for your team whereas with an off tank you're trying to get some picks here and there you're trying to uh peel for your back line you know there's just there's there's very similar things in those roles and it's unfortunate the blizzard doesn't actually differentiate those roles uh you know what i mean like you have to actually 
be versed enough in the game to know what a main tank is. I'd be curious how many of our listeners know that the main tanks are Reinhardt, Arissa, and Monkey. And pretty soon Hammond's going to be in that, uh, in that, uh, category. Uh, if, if he isn't totally, you know, considered that now, uh, so I don't know. I think, uh, I think you're onto some, Joe. Ja. I don't yeah. know if I'd consider uh, Hammond the main tank or anything, but no, and you know, he, in any he pro setting, yeah, in any pro setting that he's been on, he's been the main tank. And uh, I've heard other people say that he also could slot in as a DPS, kind of like how Brig can slot in as a support or as a DPS. Uh, but even like Brig was played as a main tank. When she first came out from the Outlaws, Muma played her as a main tank on uh, uh, Watchpoint Gibraltar. So it's just it, it's just interesting. Like the main tank has a role, whatever character you're doing that with, you, you know, you could just you could just slot that in. Like if Hammond's playing as the main tank, he should be in front. He should be initiating the engagement with everybody else. But if he's playing as a DPS. He should be swinging around the back, trying to mess with the supports, trying to uh, basically just uh, discombobulate the enemy team. And you should pick your team in that situation as if you're a five, as if you're a five stack, and you want to make your five a very strong team. Hammond's going to work on his own, kind of like an old school tracer. But there's the way to play Hammond, where he's the main tank. He goes in with his. Stun uh, with his crouch. I don't know what it's called, but wherever you go up in the air and you hit crouch and you drop down like a ball. <laughs> like a wrecking ball. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Jaws, Jaws, God. There's good. How many songs can we get in before Jaws gets back? Oh, but, Jesus. I was just going to say. But um, that's, how, that's how you play it. You play it as if it's that role. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, even when we six stack, we always, before we even start the game, we differentiate roles. Like I almost always am on off tank and that's my role is, you know, Zarya Diva, uh, things like that. And then we have Sometimes someone on main tank. off heel. Yeah. So, and I play Brig too as off heel, which we can some, sometimes switch that out. I don't always do off tank. I'm just saying we, we pick our roles first. Like if yep. I, in, in a session, I'm either going to be usually on off heels or off tank because I can't main heal or tank worth of crap. <laughs> but it's still, you know, we have those roles. We have we always have an off heel main heel, off tank main tank DPS is usually what we go with if we're going standard as hell. And, you know, that's just what people should really try to do is specialize in one of those areas generally. Very yeah. general generally speaking. They'll help you out. But um yeah, okay. So with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Um, obviously, we're we're gonna skip the uh, the what you've been playing. Uh, well, not what you've been playing, but you know, how's your weekend over? Oh, man. And we're ninety minutes uh, in. Thank <laughs> God. We might have been sucked. That's all there is. Might have be quick. <laughs> okay, okay, Bob. How has your weekend Overwatch been going? Go. For well, it. Let's let's not go for the whole week. Let's just go for as a. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's just go for Friday night. We did the Omnic Lab game night, and we streamed it on the Con Before that the Storm fun. Twitch channel. It was a blast. Uh, ja, I wish you could have made it. 
My computer almost died. I streamed all six cameras of everybody in the group playing. Uh, we played against different <laughs> teams. The first team, you know, if you want to just tune into Con Before Storm on Twitch, you'll uh, see we took on uh, three Grandmasters players and three Masters players the first game. It's amazing that we got any ground at all. But then they, you know, the mods did a good job. Shock Master did a good job of uh, making the teams a little more even. We definitely got beat more than we won, but uh, it was a it was a really good time, and it was a lot of the panelists from the uh, World of Podcast panel coming up here at BlizzCon. It was a good time. Do you have anything crazy happen to you, Kinder? I was just gonna say, you know, that I got into the back end of that night. It was actually a lot of fun. Best part of my entire week at Overwatch because uh, the rest of the week I was just losing SR constantly. Just keep on losing it, gain it back, lose it, gain it back, lose more. It's not good. <laughs> I need to stop having you play DPS. I need to stop getting on when you're playing DPS. Is what I need to do. Well, we could let you play DPS and see if it's any different. Uh, let me switch to my alt, and we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my DPS account is over a fifty percent win rate. I'm not sure. saying you're a bad player, Bob. It's no, not I'm, not, you're, I'm not a you're good a great DPS. Tank. You're just I'm not, not a good, good DPS. DPS. But but my account does say that I'm a better than average DPS in low plat, <laughs> which is weird. Actually, no, I think I'm at high gold now on that account. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, okay. We're going to go ahead and close up then since they got that out of their system. Uh, no community <laughs> questions this week. Um, I'm sending stuff like we, I think we have one scheduled, one recording scheduled for uh, the community episodes, and we're going to get the other two that I know of right now scheduled. And that'll, depending on how long those topics run, you know, well, that might be it for October's, but. You know, just because you don't make it into October's doesn't mean that, you know, we won't have room, like, you know, room for you in November. So even if we do record something with you this month, uh, it may make it into next month. So at least that's the plan for now. Uh, game show episode. Uh, I still want to do that, but I haven't been pressing it right now. There's a ton of stuff going on like uh, right now on, on the back end. And I'm not, I, I don't want to like rush everything in together and make it bad. So I'm focusing on one thing at a time. And once we get these community episodes off the ground, uh, I think that's when I'll start to maybe focus more on you know, maybe a game show episode. Uh, in terms of community events, there's an Xbox game night this Friday night, which is October 5th, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I believe. So, you know, if, you might want to hop in the Discord into the Xbox game night channel or the Xbox LFG. You might want to join... Watchpoint Radio Overwatch, the Xbox Club, and uh, you know you can keep up with those guys for the game night. I am going to try to make it, but I cannot guarantee it. Unfortunately, I'm really going to try to make it, but I got to get up early on Saturday. I just don't know how early I got to get up, <laughs> so uh, we'll see what I can do, and uh, we'll definitely keep you posted for the next PS4 game that we hear about. Okay. Uh. Other than that, let's see, prepare to attack. Latest episode was Brigitta. I will tell you that we do have the latest, the, the updated Hanzo episode recorded. So uh, it should be out, I would say, 
by next week. I don't want to. I don't want to make promises. I'll have it out this week. Uh, it's a rough edit, but I'm gonna make what? it happen. I thought. I thought I was recording that last. I heard I was recording that. The Hanzo. Yeah, that was the last not. I heard. Yeah, I guess not. Was it you? I didn't you know or you wanted to record that. Tinder? It was oh. I recorded. I didn't know you wanted to record the Hanzo episode. Oh no, I did. I, I did. I got a lot. I did. I, I didn't necessarily want to. I definitely was willing to, but. Hog told me I was doing it, and then that was the last I heard. No, I think he asked you because you did the last one. Oh, so. yeah. No, cool. Yeah, I'm cool with not doing it. I think uh, you've played okay. more Hanzo than me since recently, the yeah. Re- recently, yeah. Yeah, yeah have, the rework. So, so yeah, so that makes a I lot of sense. Of yep. And for those who aren't here, we do live stream every Tuesday at 9-ish. PM Eastern Standard Time or twitch.tv. Depending on how pumped Ja had to get at the gym. Yes, so yeah, that's true. Like, I got to work out before I do these streams. I've been finding that recently. Like, if I don't work out before I podcast or I stream, I just don't have the energy for it. Just not there. So, these games give well, me the and, energy. <laughs> so, uh, working out for me, at least, is like what I've noticed is if I work out in a, in a day, my actual Overwatch play improves quite a bit. Oh, yeah. It's like quite forward. a bit noticeable. Yeah. Yeah, you wait. Yeah, it, it works out. I don't want to get into a, a conversation about the benefits of working out right now. You know? <laughs> Just know they're there. <laughs> um, I always play uh, best on leg day. Can help Let's you in the you. bedroom, too. <laughs> Just wow. saying. And with that, we're out. Yeah, <laughs> and we do want to hear about your Overwatch stories. They don't need to involve your bedroom. You can, uh, you could but just, they can, but they, they don't yes. have to. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about our contact info in a little bit here. But like I just mentioned, you know, you should join if you're on PS4, or Xbox One. Join our communities and clubs. Watchpoint Radio, Overwatch. Um, actually, I think I I just saw a notification yesterday for somebody joining the PS4 community. So I need to accept that, and um. Like I said earlier, Discord, we would love to have you on Discord. Discord.me slash mash those buttons. And I always like to plug Heroes of Overwatch, the Facebook group that has a bunch of great players. Whether you are just looking to keep up on news or find people to play with or check out some memes, check out Heroes of Overwatch if you're on Facebook. You know, thank you guys for listening. Like I said earlier, you can keep up with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash watchpoint radio. You guys want to give out your social media info? Since Bob's drinking coffee, I'll go first this time. You can find me on Twitter at NerfKinderPlease, P-L-S. Uh, also, FraggingOutPod and FraggingOut.com. Uh, we actually lost the last episode due to a hardware failure. Sorry about that. <laughs> Bob? But goddamn, was it an episode? It was yeah, an episode. If you want to see the full Monty, just uh, tune in to twitch.tv slash FraggingOut, and you will see... The full Monty. It was uh, it was it was interesting. It was a good time though. Uh, we all had a good time. Good. Yeah, some of us had more have more of a good time than others. <laughs> yeah, one of us, one of us not here currently had a really good time. But Ooh, we love him, and he was it, it. It actually was very comical. So check it out if you want to have a good time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at blazon underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You can find my other podcasts like Al Recap and Prepare to Attack there. All right. And you can find me on Twitter.com, Church of Jaw. Might be changing that. I don't know. Might be changing that. We'll see. If we'll you see don't change, if you don't change it, please 
just get the take me to church sound bite. So every time you say <laughs> church a jaw, you can just hit the button that says take me to church. Mm, I just want to. There's a lot of people that love that song. So, ja, I mean, it, you know, you might not like it, but people love it. I just want you to stop singing it. Like, <laughs> that, that's oh, yeah. all I'm looking for here. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad rendition of it, but people understand what song it is. <laughs> Someone right. clip Bob every time he sings and make, just make a super cut video of every time Bob's singing, and that will be my Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> that thunder might come through my microphone. <laughs> Oof. Sounds like God just dropped a bowling ball outside my fucking apartment. My mom used to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, we encourage you guys to reach out to us and contact us with any comments or questions. So you can email us at wprmashesbuttons.com or you can reach out via Twitter or Facebook. Well, don't reach out Facebook. I always say that. Don't reach out Facebook. <laughs> um, or uh, on uh, Discord, you know, you, you know where to find us. So we love to hear from guys and if you enjoy the show and you want to share the show with others the best way to do that is to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice you uh, another podcast platform of choice that you may enjoy is spotify watchpoint radio is now on spotify so you know you can if you were using something that you didn't want to like i don't know podbean apparently people were downloading podbean and not liking it but that was how they got their podcast i'm like why but, but you know you can get it on spotify now um it's just weird. Lots of complaints about Podbean, but I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> um, Make sure to put yes. that Spotify thing at the beginning of the episode because nobody ever makes it to the end. I found through metrics one day, but uh, yeah, definitely yeah, put it at the beginning of the episode tweets. so people know. Yeah, that tweets. Yeah. Not everybody stuff. that listens, though, follows. Hey, you noticed the tweet I put out about us being live had the uh, ending with now on Spotify. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that, but now I do. Yeah. So yeah, you could uh, just I almost forgot about that. It's been a busy day, but we are now on Spotify, so you can check that out. Uh but yeah, if you want to uh, you know, help out a little bit more, you know, add to your support, you can become a Patreon or a patron I should say, which is patreon.com slash watchpoint radio. Uh your support there is really appreciated, as well as buying merch from our Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons where you can get some watchpoint radio merch. And uh, you can also become a subscriber on Twitch, twitch.tv slash matches button, as we mentioned. And we appreciate everybody who supports us via Patreon, buying merch, or a Twitch subscriber. And I uh, also encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows. And that's it for us. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out mashosbuttons.com slash shows. 
For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, and youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community. So just go to discord.me slash mash those buttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.